Good morning. A case that started in Loudoun has set a new legal precedent across the country and given prosecutors a new tool to take on domestic abusers. From Monday, April 30th, it's your Loudoun Now Morning Minute. You and thousands of other people listen to the Morning Minute every day. It's trusted, it's personal, and you take it with you wherever you go. So if you've got a business, why not advertise on the Morning Minute and reach the thousands of people listening right alongside you wherever they are. Get in touch at loudonnow.com advertise or email us at sales at loudonnow.com. That's loudonnow.com advertise or sales at loudonnow.com. Thanks for being with us. I'm Rince Green. The Virginia Court of Appeals has upheld a Loudoun County Circuit Court conviction that set a new legal precedent for what testimony can be admitted in court. Kevin Cody was convicted last year of strangulation, domestic assault, and violating a protective order in assaulting his girlfriend in January of 2016. After the incident, after he'd gone to work, the victim picked up their two children and went to the sheriff's office. In talking with investigators, medical staff, and in testimony in juvenile and domestic relations court to obtain a restraining order, she talked about being choked and beaten and a history of domestic violence in their home. Cody violated that protective order by calling the victim five times from jail. In those phone calls, which were recorded, he pressured the victim to drop the protective order and to not testify in the case. He was successful. She got an attorney, dropped the protective order, and declined to testify in a preliminary hearing in district court. The felony strangulation charge was dismissed. But three weeks later, prosecutors presented the case to a grand jury and got indictments for felony strangulation, misdemeanor assault and battery of a family member, and five counts of misdemeanor violation of a protective order. The Loudoun Commonwealth's Attorney's Office continued to prosecute the case over the objections of the victim. They entered a series of motions under a legal theory called forfeiture by wrongdoing, trying to allow the nurses who examined the victim and the investigators at the sheriff's office to testify about what the victim had told them. Normally, without the victim taking the stand, that testimony would be hearsay and would be inadmissible. But prosecutors successfully argued that Cody had intentionally and wrongfully made the victim unavailable to testify and under the rules of evidence therefore forfeited his Sixth Amendment right to confront the statements of that witness. Cody was convicted on all charges. He appealed, but a three-judge panel on the State Court of Appeals upheld that conviction. I'll quote from that ruling. We hold that the doctrine of forfeiture by wrongdoing properly applies where a defendant unlawfully contacts a witness with the successful intent to procure that witness's unavailability, whether such unavailability is the witness's physical absence from the court or through a witness's refusal to testify by invoking the Fifth Amendment right to avoid self-incrimination. End quote. Go to loudonnow.com slash morning minute to check out the whole story, including a link to read the full text of the court's decision. In other news, a test to measure the visual impact of a proposed cell tower on top of Short Hill Mountain last week was delayed by winds. AT&T says the test will probably be rescheduled for this week.
AT&T has proposed a 155-foot monopole, which they say will be used to provide better service to the community. It's at the same spot where two years ago, the company proposed a 35-foot-high, 160,000-square-foot facility overlooking Lovettsville, which sparked a firestorm of protest. Last week, the company was going to float a balloon up to 155 feet to get an idea of what the monopole would look like from around the mountain. And although the balloons never got all the way up to 155 feet, many of the same community activists who fought the last application were around the mountain taking pictures of the balloons and sharing them on Facebook. The company has not yet filed a formal application to the county. Building the monopole would require both a commission permit from the Planning Commission and a special exception to county zoning from the Board of Supervisors. The location indicated on the company's pre-application paperwork seems to violate a Loudoun zoning ordinance that monopoles, quote, shall not be located along ridgelines but downslope from the top of ridgelines to protect views of the Catoctin, Bull Run, Hogback, Short Hill, and Blue Ridge Mountains. If it goes ahead with an application, AT&T must submit graphics depicting the area in which the monopole would provide service and simulations of its visual impact on the area with plans to mitigate that impact. We've got some photos from the attempted test on our website. The Loudoun County Sheriff's Office is investigating an armed robbery Saturday morning at a pharmacy in the Eastern Marketplace Plaza down in southern Loudoun. Just before 9 a.m., a man walked into a Walgreens and hopped the counter. He displayed a weapon before taking cash and prescription medications. He was described as a white man, 30 to 40 years old, thin, 5'7 to 5'9. He had a goatee and was wearing a dark hoodie, white shoes, and a black Adidas hat and carried a red backpack. He fled the area in a Jeep Patriot. And Wild Hair Cider has been sold and the new owners are planning to expand. Jay Clement set up the company four years ago and is now selling Wild Hair to the Madage family of Chantilly. Entrepreneur Jim Madage and his son Justin, who, like Clement, studied cider making at Cornell, will be taking over. The new owners say they're already working on upgrades to the tap room and patio, new food offerings, Virginia farm wines, and new formats for the cider, like cans. Anyway, you can get the full story on this and all these stories over at loudonnow.com, including some coverage of this weekend's Gardens in the Gap at Hillsborough. Again, it's all at loudonnow.com. On today's Get Out Loudon calendar, designer and historical button author Susan Davis will be at Ketterman's Jewelers today to talk buttons. Bring your button collection in and she can tell you what you have on your hands there. You can read more about Davis and the story on our website. She'll be at Ketterman's Jewelers in Leesburg from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Get the details on this event and check out the rest of the event's calendar at getoutloudon.com. And if you like the Morning Minute, write a note and attach it to a balloon to tell your friends and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be waiting for you there every morning. Okay, have a great day. Okay.